Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Welcome to the 2X Podcast. Here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey, 2X Podcast listeners. In this episode, I'm going to be interviewing a gentleman by the name of Vince Puglisi. And I met Vince in a, a group that I belonged to here about a year ago. And we spent uh, a weekend together with a bunch of other guys and up in the hills of Tennessee and uh, got to know each other a little bit. And uh, I really love Vince's story. And, you know, part of the 2X podcast is exposing my listeners to other people's stories in addition to just my advice and counsel, which probably sometimes gets a little stale. But I want to expose uh, listeners to other people who have either reinvented themselves or have changed how they have thought about things and thus change what they do about things and thus get results in the market. You know, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how you think determines how you act and how you act determines how you achieve. And so if we're going to really radically improve our achievement, we really do have to change how we think about things. What Vince will not tell you in this interview, he will not brag because he's a very humble bloke. Uh, he does NFL photography, and he has for the last several years, and he can get into any NFL stadium and uh, film and or photograph any NFL game. He's won several awards, and he talks about that, I think, a little bit in the interview, but he doesn't go into detail, but this guy is an accomplished photographer and uh, again, also very humble, so you won't hear much about it. But uh, he knows what he's doing with the camera, especially when it uh, involves sports. And I think you'll hear how the whole story comes together. Enjoy. You know, one of the blessings that I have in my business as I coach and speak and train different parts of the country, I get a chance to join and belong to mastermind groups and peer groups. And I've had several over the years that have really uh, been meaningful for me. And where I met Vince Puglisi was one of these peer groups. And I can remember we were sitting up somewhere in the, you'd have to have a, a really good map to find this place in, I don't know, Western Tennessee, Eastern Tennessee. And it was about seven or eight guys sitting around one evening after the event. And we were just talking about our own stories. And I got to know Vince a lot better that night. He's really an awesome dude. And uh, he has written a book called Freelance to Freedom, Master Your Money, Love Your Work, Control Your Time. And I've always been so impressed with how he thinks and how he, how he coaches, that I wanted to have him on the podcast. So Vince, with that very long intro, yeah. good morning. Thank you, Bill. It's, it's a pleasure to be here, pleasure to be talking to you. And funny you talk about that, um, that retreat. When I left there, I literally couldn't, I couldn't get GPS. I couldn't even get my phone to work. So I didn't even know how to get home. I had to call my dad. I went to a gas station. I didn't know where to go. Um, I was completely lost. So yeah, it was so far out. GPS didn't work. That's it didn't uh, work. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I appreciate you carving out some time for us on the podcast here. 
You know, one of the things that's always impressed me about you in the short time, I think we've known each other for probably a year, is your ability to just just do it. Just say, you know what, what do I have to lose? Let's give it a go. So why don't you give us a little bit of your story and maybe over as you were growing up and some of your story about how you got to this place in your life where you are now, where you're just, you're just willing to do whatever it takes to make it all work. And you're a sports photographer. I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. But let's start, uh, give me a thumbnail of Vince at an early age and some of the lessons you learned growing up. Yeah, I, I was a complete uh, loser. And that's what, uh, that's, I think that's what, I, I had pretty much had nothing. I had pretty much gotten to where my, my grades were terrible. I didn't know what I was doing at school. I was never, essentially I got a, a report card back, I think in fifth grade and everything was either satisfactory or below average. And at that moment I was like, I am not going to be held in very high esteem the way, <laughs> the way that the world looks at things. And I kind of knew at that point that I was going to have to do things a little bit differently. And I knew that school wasn't for me. I knew that the way that it was based, the way it was going, wasn't the, I wasn't going to wear a tie. Like my guidance counselor said to me, she said, what do you want to do? At, I was 17. I said, I just know I don't want to wear a tie. <laughs> and, and she was so mad at me. And I was like, but I'm serious. I don't want to wear a tie. I don't want to go into an office every day. So I saw kind of where I didn't want to go early on, which really helped me. So I made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I, got, I got arrested for stealing uh, when I was 18 years old. I was just pretty much useless till I was 22. Um, so that was my, those are my early years. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how, you know, uh, below average and satisfactory makes satisfactory sound pretty darn good. Yeah. There was, those weren't bad. I, the, <laughs> yeah. The, the ones on the right hand side of the column, I didn't have any marks over there. The, they beat um, all those, all those, uh, unsatisfactory losers. Um, <laughs> well, tell me what happened. So you got arrested, you had, you had, you, you struggled, you were not, uh, in your element. Let's just say, uh, yeah. uh tell me what happened at 22 that started to shine the light on the, the better version of Vince. Before that, I was always like a big music and sports fan. Like that was my life. I was music and sports. And I was, and I remember about a month before I had this incident that happened, but a month before it, I was driving back with my friend from the bar where we watched the Steeler game. Cause I was a huge Pittsburgh Steeler fan. And I was so mad because the Steelers had lost. And he said, do you really care? Do you really think that these millionaires care? Like when they're driving home to their mansions, how you did at work today? And I said, no, he goes, well, why do you care so much about what they did at work today? And I was like, ooh. That hurt. Uh, Ouch. <laughs> yeah. And so like about a month later, because I had been arrested, I, I was stealing and I got arrested. I was stealing again from a job that I've worked at. So please, everybody, don't don't be too down on me. And I woke up in the middle of the night with a, with a nightmare and that I got caught again. And I said, what am I doing with my life? So I went downstairs. I was sitting at my parents' kitchen table at two o'clock in the morning, just sitting there like, what happened? Like I, it, I finally just woke up like, what happened? All my friends were in college or almost graduating from college. And I was 22 and I was working at a convenience store and I was, you know, stealing from customers. It was re- unbelievable. Wow. And, uh, and my dad came downstairs and he said, and me and my dad argued, if you could imagine the way that I was for seven years. And he said to me, he said, what's wrong? And I said, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. And just real quickly, like it was nothing like flicking himself off his shoulder. He's like, well, you like traveling. You like taking pictures. You like sports. Why don't you take a photography class? I, I literally said this to myself. I said, I failed at everything in my life so far, but I'm going to probably fail at this again, but at least it'll be something cool. Yeah. At least it sounds cool. Um, and the next day I bought a camera and I signed up for community college that day. And, uh, first time I put my effort into something and, um, it just took off. So, and life just so, changed. so your dad, uh, knew that you liked photography. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I, I wasn't even into photography. I would bring my camera. I would bring my point-and-shoot camera. Okay. And you just have to say it. It wasn't even like something I'd even thought of. I knew nothing about photography. But he knew I would take pictures. I would go to these different stadiums, and I would take pictures of it. Um, and I was just a sports fan. So he said, you like traveling to these different stadiums. You take pictures. Why don't you take a photography class? So, But, you know, think about how <laughs> – how prescient that was. I mean, that he picked up on that and maybe he didn't come up with a seven step plan of how you're going to be a sports photographer, but he saw the spark in you that, that sports and photography created and look at what you do today or have done. I mean, I think that's an awesome story just from a father's standpoint is he, he was very in tuned. He probably had a master plan. Let's let this guy go until yeah. finally one day he's going to break. And once he breaks, we're going to get him into photography. Who knows? Yeah. You know, but <laughs> My impression, as I think back as an adult now, he'd probably seen this and he'd probably even try to set it to, say it to me. But I didn't listen. You weren't ready. Yeah, I wasn't ready for it. And and when he said it to me, you know, because I was because like, I remember thinking, well, instead of sitting on the couch watching the games, could I actually be on the sidelines, like actually be there? And it's funny we're talking because I just shot the Steelers game on Sunday, so now I'm one of the photographers for the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was my favorite team uh, growing up. Full circle. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's. You said something there that was interesting. It's um, it's not the conversations we have with others that matter. It's those conversations we have with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, laying in bed, uh, in the shower, looking at ourselves after a long night of you know whatever mischief. It's those conversations that have the most meaning because it's that idea of what am I doing? What, mm-hmm. what am I really doing here? And man, those can be so powerful. But if we medicate ourselves and, and we refuse to even have that conversation, then no amount of talking to by somebody else is going to help us. So it really is a personal conversation that you had, and I think we have to have. So that's good. Oh, that does. It's the, we, we're reading with our kids the Mindset book by Carol Dweck, mm-hmm. The Growth Mindset versus The Fixed. And that's, that's just the difference. I had a fixed mindset for so long, and when you change it to a growth, um, everything looks different, like you just said. So let's talk about the book, Freelance to Freedom, Master Your Money, Love Your Work, Control Your Time. We're talking today with Vince Puglisi, and you can find more about Vince at, is it vincentpuglisi.com or Vince? Uh, Vincent. Vincent Puglisi, P-U-G-L-I-E-S-E.com. We will put it in the show notes so you can click right over to it. Tell, tell us why you wrote the book. Give us a couple minutes on that, and then I want to get into a couple of uh, notions. From that point on, I, I dove right into photography from that, that story I just told. And to the point where I was, I'd won all these awards. I had gotten a job at a newspaper, which was what I was, what I thought was my dream. I met my wife at journalism school and we got jobs together in Evansville, Indiana, which is not far from you. And so it was, it was, it was a fantastic situation, but we were employees and I never really wanted to be an employee. Um, that's not what I got. I didn't want to, my time. So even from the, a month after I got this job, I felt kind of trapped. Like I can't do what I want to do every day. I'm going to do what they're doing, but I still got to do what I loved. I got to travel for sports. I got to you know shoot Super Bowls and World Series and all that good stuff. But then in 2003, 2004, I had just won International Sports Photographer of the Year, wow. which was crazy. Like I was first <laughs> place, and the guy from the LA Times was second, and the guy from Sydney, Australia, is third. I'm like, what happened? And you were in so Evansville at this time. I was in Evansville. Yeah, yes, yeah, a wow. small hundred thousand circulation paper. I would just travel to these different stadiums like Rams and Colts. That was back when Peyton Manning and Kurt Warner were, were big. Mm-hmm. And I would just cover all those. Even on my own time, I would go cover them. That led to my portfolio. They got this first place award. So they flew me to National Geogra- Geographic in, in DC, big award ceremony. My wife was pregnant with our first child and everybody's like, oh, you're going to get it. You're going to get the big raise because you have a baby. Because that's what they said. When you have a baby, you get the raise and you got this award. 
And I walked into my boss's office and he said, nobody's getting raises. He goes, but you are, you're getting a 3% raise. It's the best we could do. <laughs> that was it. Like I looked around, I said, I said, and I remember saying either to myself or out loud, I said, no matter how hard I work, no matter how much extra work I put in, no matter how many awards I win, I couldn't even finish the sentence. I said, it's never going to be any different. No. And I looked around, I saw the newsroom and I saw, and I just noticed everybody complained. Everybody just, just bitching about everything all the time. <laughs> and, and, uh, I said, it's over. I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but I went home and, you know, I was, I was so frustrated. I called my dad to see if, if I can get some extra work with his business while just to make some money for diapers. And he said to me, and this is the second, this is a year, 10 years later, though, from that last conversation I told you. And he says to me, he goes, I, I can't help you. I have to retrain you for, for my business. He said, but he says, you're doing this wrong. He goes, you have a skill but you're using it incorrectly. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, I've been telling you, you should start a business. You could shoot weddings. You could shoot corporate work. You could, you never want to do it. Um, but you have a skill that you're using the wrong way. I said, okay, I should be interviewing your dad for this. Not you. <laughs> I know. Right. We'll do, a, we'll do a joint interview next time. And, no, that's uh, good. That's good. And sometimes and, it does take the person who's just out of arm's reach from us to see what's really happening. But yep. what's interesting is you had to call him. So this idea that people will always show up in our lives with exactly the right suggestion and coaching at the right time, it just doesn't happen. You have to reach out and you happen to reach out to somebody you really trusted who's your dad and he told you the truth. At the right, at the right at the time. Right time. And he, yeah, and, you were ready. And he, yeah. And he had the guts to tell me the truth because a lot of people would be like, no, you're fine. Yeah. Hey, consider yourself lucky, man. You're with Evansville, the Evansville Gazette. I mean, come on. Yeah, you you got, or or like I heard over and over again, just be lucky to have a job in this economy. And I've heard that literally every year of my life from somebody. (laughs) The economy always changes, but still to be lucky, you have a job. So, yeah, so that, we started our business that day. That day I started, I called wedding photographers. They all turned me down to see if I could assist with them. So I literally took the phone book. Do you remember a phone book? Mm -hmm, And I took it. I threw it against the wall and I said, I said, well, they always say like, if you can't beat them, join them. And I said, well, if you can't join them, I'm going to beat them. Yeah. And, and I, and that was it. We, we started that day. The book is really about that moment from starting our business. And then three and a half years later, we had paid off all of our debt, including our mortgage. And we had quit our jobs and we went out on our own to the life of freedom that we wanted, which was time and money. And, uh, so that's been almost 10 years. When you, you have a coaching program, you work with people, and, uh, and so I'm, I'm right there with you. I do the same thing, and I, I've got some thoughts on this, but I want to hear yours first, is you know, you've got a really powerful message, and you've lived the message. It's not just like you've read a book and then say, okay, I'm going to go parrot the book back to somebody. <laughs> yeah. You've lived this damn thing, and, yeah. and I think that's so much more powerful than just somebody who's relaying information. But the question I have is, why is it so difficult as you as you see it? What what do people struggle with the most that makes it difficult for them to take this leap, to give it a go, as the Aussies say? What what's the thing? Is it fear? Is it lack of courage? Is it lack of technique or, or, or a combination? Tell me what it is that you see that holds people back. Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. Um, I think first of all, I think you have to be willing to change. You have to be comfortable with change. Everything we do, even right now, our year, our life right now is vastly different than it was a year ago because we constantly embrace change. I mean, we, we made a living as wedding photographers. That was our primary income for, for nine or 10 years. And we literally said, I, I think we're done with this. And we've shifted our income from that in one year. 
because of the ability to say we like change. Mm-hmm. We don't fear change. We like it. Um, I think that's a main part of it. Um, I, I think fear comes from that is the inability to change. And like we, you and I had talked earlier, was having a growth mindset as opposed to a fixed mindset. Um, I think that's what holds so many people back. So I think their, their inability to want to change, I think, is, is a big part of it. Yeah, I, I hear people a lot of times talking themselves into and out of things very quickly. And I think as we get into our older years, and, you know, not older like 90, but older like 50, 60, <laughs> yep. and, and our kids are gone, it's a little hard to make major changes when you have a three, five, and a seven-year-old. I understand that. But at some point, you have to decide what your future life looks like. And I hear a lot of people say, you know what I'd like to do? I'd like to do this and this would be cool. Yeah, but I'm going to have to wait on that because I really can't do that. And I, I hear a lot of this talking into and talking out of ideas. And that probably the, sub, the, the subconscious message there is you've talked yourself out of it because you're scared to death of it. And it's so easy to do that because everybody's going to help you talk yourself out of it. Because yeah, nobody the, talks you in. Exactly. Exactly. No. And and that's what we do. Like the, the whole coaching thing is like, I, I asked a guy in my, in one of my groups and he's made these incredible changes. His name's Jesse. And I said, what did it? And he said, on, on a call that we had about six months ago, you said, are you tired of living this way? And he's like, yeah, he's tired. And he literally on the dime at that point changed, but he had to want to hear that because there was a, there's a different time that I could have said that, are you tired of living this way? And he could have taken offense to it. And that's the whole problem. Like I, I even got nothing recently with about judgment and I'm kind of like you, you can't make change without it sometimes yeah. because everybody will just be like, yeah, you're fine. And, and they'll also tell you like, this is just the way life is. And I just never personally, I just never accepted that. Um, and I, I think you have to be able to not accept that. Yeah. This whole, this whole non-judgment thing, I think it's uh, gotten the best of us. I think we've crossed the, we've jumped the shark on that one. I think you, you have to judge, you have to judge yourself. You have to judge others. Now you don't have to tell everybody the truth of what you're judging, but you have to no. look at somebody and say, you know what? They've gone down that path. They're 39 years old. They're miserable. They have nothing to show for. They live in, they live in squalor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you can judge that. I think, and, <laughs> and, not, and not be negative about it and not belittle them, but I think you can judge and say, you know what? I don't think I'll follow that path. I think I'll follow exactly. my own and, path. And some people would say, well, don't judge me on that. And that's when what the, the, Bill, the biggest thing that I've learned in this process that was the biggest frustration for me is when I would do this, cause I'm opinionated, right? And I would do this and I would say something and they wouldn't want to hear it. And I would get frustrated because I'd be like, no, you don't understand. You have to do this. And no, they don't have to do no, it. No, they don't. Cause what, because what I learned is they will change when they want to change. And you can't make somebody change if they don't want to. Mm-mm. And that was the hardest part for me because I wanted to make them change because I could see what they could do. And when they go, nah, or it's all right, or I don't, you know, what about health insurance? Like that drives me crazy. It's like, <laughs> what about health insurance? And I, I, my mother-in-law said that when we were quitting our jobs. She said, what are you going to do about health insurance? And I said, yeah. we're going we're gonna to pay for it. And she just, that was foreign to her because some people just always believe health always insurance believed, is a yeah. job. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's that's a that that drives me nuts too. I hear this a lot. Well, you know, I'm I'm, I'm taking a second job for health insurance. Okay, let me see yeah. if I understand this. You're gonna take a second job, make ten, twelve bucks an hour, or fifteen, or whatever. I got a friend that does that, and all for health insurance when you could buy the damn thing for a thousand bucks a month. It makes no sense. I mean, it just and makes work no sense. nights, which comes back to the big exactly thing. the time you know, thing. Yeah, I always come back to time. Like my my thing. Financial freedom is good, but time freedom is the most important thing for me. It's more than the money. I'll, I'll live without the money if I have the time because I could always make the money with the time. 
but I, I need the time freedom and I need to be able to control what I do. And that's what I try to help people with because I think people have lost that. That's good. Vince, we appreciate you being on today. Vince Puglisi, you can find him at vincentpuglisi.com. Show notes has the correct spelling. Freelance to Freedom is his book, Master Your Money, Love Your Work, Control Your Time. Those are three big promises, but I can assure you, Vince will will work through them, and he will deliver on them. So Vince, once again, thanks for being on the 2X Podcast today. Thank you, bud. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the 2X Podcast. If you'd like to contact Bill, email him at bill at billkasky.com or follow him on Twitter at Bill Kasky.